debunk what the Reichsburger movement has been saying, which is that the United States is still occupying Germany and that the Third Reich actually never disappeared and that um, the Third Reich is actually the current Federal Republic of Germany. And so the Linke was starting a subcommittee and an investigation into this uh, question to basically ask the Supreme Court, hey, the Supreme Court, could you please tell them they're completely wrong and that the idea that the Third Reich is still in existence is completely untenable. And uh, then the Supreme Court, our, it's called the Bundesverfassungsgericht in German, uh, the Supreme Court got back to them and they said, no, actually, um, actually, the Third Reich is identical to uh, the Federal Republic of Germany in international law. And, and so you can argue very compellingly and very convincingly based on, on what the government is saying that Germany is actually still under occupation. I mean, we pay for all the US bases that are on German soil. We are paying for them, not the US taxpayer, but the German taxpayer. And so. Environmental and industrial factors expose you to high levels of heavy metals and toxins every day, including the food you eat, the water you drink, and the air you breathe. Long-term exposure to heavy metals and toxins can cause harmful side effects that range from headaches to organ damage. Symptoms of heavy metal toxicity vary depending on the type of metal you're exposed to. Mercury, lead, arsenic, and cadmium are some of the more common overexposed metals. Most toxins are stored in your fat cells, making it hard to lose weight. They mess with your memory, clarity, and focus. Interfere with your immune system, disrupt your endocrine systems, affecting your energy, sleep, and quality of life. Fortunately, we have groundbreaking technology which transforms natural zeolites into a powerful yet gentle daily detoxifier. With just four sprays per day, you can gently remove dangerous toxins and heavy metals from your body. Pure Body Extra Zeolite Detox is recommended by doctors as a safe, natural, and non-invasive way to systematically detoxify heavy metals and other toxins. You can buy yours today at sarahwestall.com under shop. You can see the studies and facts for yourself. Detoxify today and start your journey towards a healthier you. Find Pure Body Extra Zeolite at sarahwestall.com under shop. Again, it's at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Marius Loden coming to the program. He is actually in the Netherlands and he's a has his master's degree in psychology. And but he grew up in Germany and he spent he went to high school in the United States. So he has all this understanding of all these different multiple multiple cultures. But he, we were going to talk about COVID a little bit because he um, was actually working in the Netherlands for the government. It's like their CDC. And so he's going to talk about it a little bit. But what we really got into was Germany and the fact that there was, I'm going to read this to you. This is what he sent to me about Germany. And basically, there's a group in Germany that's kind of like what QAnon is here, where it they they're considered conspiracy theorists there by the government, and they're an irritant to them. And the, this group kept saying that the, we're still the Third Reich, operating as a Third Reich, and they were just annoyed, but they still have a lot of political pressure. So they wouldn't, okay, so they wouldn't address this question. They addressed it with the Supreme Court and said, is this right? Are we still operating as the Third Reich? And the Supreme Court came back and said this. This tra He translated it in English for me. He said, 
The federal constitutional court has consistently ruled that the German Reich is a subject of international law has, and has not perished and that the Federal Republic of Germany is not its legal successor, but it is identical with it as a subject of international law. So basically that means that our federal constitution, that's what he's saying, that our federal constitutional court is aware of the fact that the Federal Republic of Germany is identical with the Reich, um, which is absolutely amazing. And I don't think people heard this. I guess this happened back where the Supreme Court said this back in 2015. And then there was crickets and they suppressed it and were totally embarrassed. And it really didn't get out anywhere. And so we, we're going to talk about this. What does this really mean? And what does it mean to be identical to the Third Reich? And I kind of take a little bit of an opposite look. And I try to play the devil's advocate. And I do all these other things. But they say it's the same as the Third Reich, and what does that really mean? And and do the, the the people understand that? But there's a lot more to it than that, and so we dive into what that means. But then we also get into, because he's a psychology background, we're going to get into the psychology behind Nazi Germany and what happened there and the people's reaction to it, and then the comparison, the parallels of Nazi Germany and technocracy to today. I mean, nobody wants to admit that they're a Nazi, right? Who wants to be a Nazi? Because, you know, they did a really good job making Hitler be the worst person on the planet. Okay, so nobody wants to be a Nazi. But you're a technocrat, and that's what the Nazis were, and here are the parallels, and we talk a little bit about that. And so, I mean, people just have to look in the mirror and say, there's a lot of similarities here, guys. Even you don't want to call yourself a Nazi, you you were following a lot of their same uh, playbooks. So we're going to talk about that. This is a very interesting conversation. I hope you uh, listen to the whole thing. My interviews have been longer lately. And I'm, I, you know, I think that's good. I think we can, can get deeper into conversation. So I hope you enjoy that. Remember to sign up for my new Substack. That's where you're going to get my information that I write myself. Otherwise, follow sarahwestall.com, my normal newsletter. I have all sorts of articles and different things. All my shows are posted there. And I appreciate everybody who follows me and supports my work. I am so censored. I don't know if you've seen my unpersoned document. I, I really, it's not on my front page anymore, I don't think. So if you go to sarahwestall.com and you search for unpersoned in America, it'll come up. And you'll be able to see it, but it's all the things that I've went through. And it's very scary because it's not its not meant to be a pity party. It's meant to show you what the capabilities are of how they can completely try to wipe somebody out. And I, that's what they're trying to do with me. And you know, I'm still one of the top 1% podcasts. So you guys still listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing, but you're still listening to me, even though they're doing everything they can to suppress me. I'm still getting out there. So I really appreciate that's because you're sharing my work. You're supporting me. And I really, really appreciate that. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it after being treated like that and then still having people that support me. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let's get into this um, really interesting conversation with Marius Loden. Hi, Marius. Welcome to the program. Hello. Yeah. Nice to be here, uh, Sarah. Well, you've been highly, you came highly recommended uh, for me to talk to you about all your various things. But we started talking 
And because you worked in some of the COVID panels at, um, with your local government and you did all these things that was so super interesting. But then we started talking about some other in, more, even more interesting things. And I'm really glad we did because I think this is the listeners would really like to hear some of these things. You, um, before we get totally in this, can you just give people some of your background and then we can dive into these really interesting topics? Yeah, sure. Uh, certainly. Yeah. So my name is uh, Marius. Um, I'm from Germany and I'm currently residing and living in the Netherlands and I worked here. Um, as a teenager, I also went to high school in the US. I went to Northview High School in uh, Michigan. And so I got the, like a good um, understanding of the US culture. And I also really like the United States and the people. Uh, maybe I like the government a little bit less, but I'm pretty sure a lot of Americans uh, would agree uh, with me on that, that there's things to be improved when it comes to government. And yeah, so uh, I myself, um, I studied psychology and I have a bachelor's degree in that and a master's degree. And um, when I got done with my studies, I kind of felt like I didn't want to work in academia because of the funding and of how everything works. It's quite centralized. You have very little freedom. And even though you get told all the time that you can investigate whatever you want to, you are, aren't really able to because nobody will give you funding for the things that you might find interesting and might want to study. And instead, they're going to give you funding for specific agendas. And uh, if you if you like those agendas, I guess you can have a good career in, in, in academia. But if you are more like um, independent and you want to investigate your own uh, hypotheses and theories, well, then you're not going to be at the right address because you're going to be quite restricted um, in, in what you're allowed to do. So I started to work uh, as a consultant instead uh, of a psychologist. And as a consultant, I got a lot of opportunities, uh, really interesting opportunities to work with great companies. Um, for example, media companies in the Netherlands. I also worked with uh, companies that uh, are in the food industry. I worked with companies uh, that do stuff for pensions. And I also worked with uh, our version of the CDC for the COVID-19 program, which was a really interesting experience. Um, I myself am not vaccinated, so I um, did not buy into this uh, safe and effectiveness narrative. And um, I was at the institution that is regulating all of that for the Netherlands. And that was an interesting experience because um, I had, of course- a You ended up leaving. Right. Yeah, you ended, ended up having to leave. You told them what you thought. And then you ended up having to leave in order to stick to your convictions of this really is not what you are telling people it is. Yeah. 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 So I, I quit my job there. Actually, um, I didn't last very long, uh, to be honest. Um, and I thought, well, I, I don't want to comment too much on the professionalism there. But I think there's a lot of things that uh, that weren't managed very well and that could have needed some improvement and uh, the colleagues maybe could have been well, a little bit more open to alternatives. Well, obviously but, uh, they know. pushed, they pushed a, they pushed an agenda that killed a lot of people. So obviously there's an issue. It's either they're not very smart and they're, they are easy to be manipulated. You know, they're manipulated easily because they're not very smart or they were there. Something's wrong with them <laughs> and they're evil. They're part of the depopulation agenda. I don't know. One of the two, you either were manipulated and not very smart. And then you still are pushing not very smart or have too big of an ego to admit you were fooled 
or the other. But regardless, we were talking about the Germany because you grew up in Germany. You're, that's your background. And you have some interesting, you studied a lot about the Third Reich and Nazis and Nazism. And one of the things that you told me is how the Third Reich never went away, even in Germany. And then, yep. I, and then we we're going to talk about, you know, how Third Reich never went away and shifted to a lot of it went to the United States or to Argentina or to um, even to Soviet Union. But can you talk about the Third Reich existing today in Germany? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a strange story because, of course, um, you know, we all know World War II happened and uh, it got kicked off somehow. And there's, of course, also a lot of uh, history to unpack that relates to very, very prominent uh, United States political dynasty families that are still operating today, for example, the Bushes. Um, and uh, so, for example, what your listeners might be interested to hear is uh, that before that entire conflict even started, um, there was, of course, uh, people like Henry Ford, very, very famous American entrepreneur who built cars and had uh, some uh, opinions uh, about Jews. Uh, he wrote a book which was called uh, The International Jew, the world's, most, uh, uh, the world's Most Foremost Problem, I think that was the title of the book. So you draw your own conclusions where where he might have been standing. And he, of course, um, built cars. And uh, Hitler in the 1930s, he needed cars. And so he needed plants uh, to build these cars. And those were financed a lot by actually uh, United States money. And uh, one of the big investors in Germany at the time was Prescott Bush, who was the great uh, or the grandfather of, of George W. Bush. And so you can immediately see how even back in the day, there were certain interest groups that were doing, um, let's say, questionable business deals to further their own needs at the expense of, of, of the population. And so when you look at uh, the United States after World War II, uh, after World War I, but before World War II, you might suspect that they wouldn't be interested in trying to help Germany build up a, a military industrial uh, complex. But... You can argue that that has happened and that the United States, by investing in Germany and by giving them the ability to build all these cars, um, they actually enabled Hitler to to do the stuff that he did, like seizing territory from Czechoslovakia and stuff. And Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of documentation to show that these big companies, uh, even IBM, and so they were all in there um, helping yeah. them grow. But one thing that I thought was interesting is that the Third Reich didn't disappear even in Germany. And you sent me some information showing that there's an organization that's part of the government that was it, it just that never Congress dissolved. That. So it's, it's, it's not yeah. an organization of our government, it's just the Congress. Uh, so our parliament, they actually investigated uh, this recently because in Germany, there's this movement, it's called the Reichsbürger movement, which means like the Reich citizens movement. And the government considers these people as a yeah, group of uh, conspiratorial nutcases, basically. But they have some, some influence on uh, public opinion or public discourse. And you might want to compare them to something like the QAnon movement in the United States, uh, um, because they talk about government conspiracies and stuff like that. 
And um, so one of our parties in the parliament, it's called the Linke, which is our left party, they were um, trying to take the winds out of the sails of this Reichsbürger movement. And they were really trying to um, debunk what the Reichsbürger movement has been saying, which is that the United States is still occupying Germany and that the Third Reich actually never disappeared and that um, the Third Reich is actually the current Federal Republic of Germany. And so the Linke was starting a subcommittee and an investigation into this uh, question to basically ask the Supreme Court, hey, Supreme Court, could you please tell them they're completely wrong and that the idea that the Third Reich is still in existence is completely untenable. And uh, then the Supreme Court, our, it's called the Bundesverfassungsgericht in German, uh, the Supreme Court got back to them and they said, no, actually, um, actually, the Third Reich is identical to uh, the Federal Republic of Germany in international law. And it's published on our Congress's website. So it's on Bundestag.de, which is the uh, yeah, the, the web archive of our parliament, and um, that's what our Supreme Court said, and it's also what our parliament put out, and so I gotta say, yeah, it's a, is it a conspiracy theory then, if, if, if they say this? So. so, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. So if it is, so you're saying the whole government of Germany is still the Third Reich. Well, yeah. That's what that is. I didn't realize it was to that degree. I when I read that, I was thinking it was a but okay, so let's talk about it shifted over time. But when Germany, when the war ended, they didn't remove that government, they just kept going. Yeah, it was kind of like our government was was captured. So um Maybe your listeners know about the Hague Convention, which is like how uh, international law was kind of created and got a court in the Hague, whereas the, that's where the international court is, which is where they trial all these war criminals. And in the Hague uh, Convention or Hague Treaty, they actually outlined rules of war. And that was just before World War One. And then um, uh, people signed the Hague Convention. So, for example, back then Germany had a Kaiser and he signed it. The Dutch uh, Queen signed it. The Russian Tsar signed it. The English King signed it. The Greek King, King signed it. The Iranian Shah signed it. So a lot of uh, countries actually signed on to the Hague Convention. And that means that they're participating and that they agree to follow the rules uh, that are set out in there. And uh, the rules pertain to warfare. And um these uh, treaties are still in effect today, and um, they actually regulate what happens when a country is losing a war. And uh, the rules are that um, if you are participating in a war and your, uh, your capital gets captured, then you basically lost to the country that captured your capital. In Germany's case, in World War II, that was uh, Russia. So Russia is who defeated us in World War II, according to the rule book of the of the Hague Convention, so to say. And the United States, of course, played a role in that, and the French and the British as well. And they kind of seized um, Germany and divided it up among themselves. And they had conferences about that together with Stalin, and they decided, okay, we're going to split Berlin, we're going to build the wall here, the eastern part goes to Russia, and it's going to be managed by them, the western part is going to be managed by um, the Allies, so by the Brits, by the French, 
by the uh, Americans. And also a very, very, very tiny, tiny, mini portion was seized by the Poles, but almost nobody knows about that. But the Poles are technically a fifth country that um, had occupied Germany. And um, then they kind of founded an interim government um, to create the new government. And after they had created this interim government, they just uh, let the interim government stay in charge. And we never formally actually formed a new country. That's how it looks like to me. And uh, this is why we're kind of still occupied. And that's also why the, the Supreme Court is saying, yeah, actually, we're still kind of like uh, the, the Reich. Yeah, that's 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 what we are, because we never actually changed. We didn't get a new constitution. Uh, we didn't uh, fulfill the obligations that were given to us by the Allies and the Potsdamer Treaty. Um, so you can argue very compellingly and very convincingly based on, on what the government is saying that Germany is actually still under occupation. I mean, we pay for all the U.S. bases that are on German soil. We are paying for them, not the U.S. taxpayer, but the German taxpayer. And so we are actually also paying for our own occupation, in a sense, uh, like the Rammstein bases, the biggest military hospital built uh, in, in Germany recently was paid by the German taxpayer next to Rammstein, which is the U.S. base, cost a billion dollars. And we build it for predominantly the U.S. soldiers so they can get uh, health care treatment. And so that's a reality in, in, on, German, on, on German soil. That's just a, not just the reality that the United States government has a lot of authority to meddle in our affairs and to dictate to us what they can do and what we cannot do. So they can basically pick a random territory anywhere in uh, West Germany and say, we're going to build a base here and that's it. And then they're going to build a base there. And yeah. So that's... why do you think, why do you think Soviet Union didn't have more influence versus the United States? Because it looks like the United States pretty much took over, even though the Soviet Union were the ones that technically conquered Germany. Mm, well, the... I think it had to do with uh, where where the troops stopped, basically, and the United States weren't going to give the, the, the Russians any territory and vice versa. So I don't think Stalin was really keen on giving the US more control than he needed to. And what they did is basically box themselves in behind uh, the wall and the Iron Curtain. East and, Germany, and, yeah. yeah. And, East Germany versus West Germany. And then when it fell, it just all went back into whatever was controlling the west side uh no not exactly i i think something else was supposed to happen i think we uh were supposed to actually get our country back basically because i think well germany is occupied right now and we don't have any sovereignty and we can't really assert ourselves in in european affairs like we need to in order to create a more stable europe uh, you know, United States uh, support. Um, uh, and when you look at the policies that we commit to, they rarely work in our benefit. It's like we've been an air base to support all the all the wars in the Middle East, right? And um, now we are kind of also a platform to help the logistics for the Ukrainians, even though I don't think that in Europe every, anybody is keen on, on having that conflict. And Yet it still somehow always happens because they have their ways to get uh, to get their foreign policy objectives done, uh, whether we like to or not. And um, 
yeah, one one big thing that happened recently is, of course, this uh, pipeline explosion, uh, Nord Stream pipeline. And uh, I think it is the Biden administration, to be honest. Like, like I think they did that. Yeah, that's, um, the, that's I think it's very the compelling. Is. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, yeah. but you know what? We A lot of people believe the U.S. is really still controlled and is a territory of Great Britain. I mean, there's all these, you know, theories and stuff. And and then you get you kind of wind all that up and say, well, there's all there's just a small set of families that have so much money and control these central banks that we're all kind of controlled by the same group of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also people who think that the Nazis were financed by by the Brits. So uh, that's uh, another angle to that, because, of course, there's uh, the Rothschild family and they are, of course, actually German. So uh, one of the big uh, banking families from Frankfurt, where where the ECB is at today, and they are of course known for financing Napoleon and uh, you know financing the Brits during uh, the Napoleonic War. So both sides of the conflict, which is what they tend to do, and um, of course they are also uh, since they come from Germany, they're also quite involved here, and I can see that um, I can see that that might be how uh, all of this happens all the time, that you have a very few influential families who can put their offspring or the children into the right position so they can maintain power. And of course, they, uh, they, they like to bias uh, it and manipulate it in any way possible so that it benefits them. And so, yeah, I tend to agree. To I mean, it what- makes sense. People with a lot of money using their money to maintain control over certain markets and industries and and politics and then they got better at it over time and um there's always the the competing forces which changes it but i mean it makes sense but okay so there's also this idea that um many of the the people in germany the nazis came here to the united states they started there's a lot of proof right they started the um our nasa program you know our mm-hmm. space yeah, program was started by nazi nazis a lot of our science was started by the nazis yeah but and also the idea that technocracy really is a nazi regime so yeah. they're yeah. moving towards technocracy but the people who really believed in technocracy and the first ones who really implemented it were the nazis mm-hmm. so it all kind of goes back to that what a lot of them went to Silicon Valley, yeah. Thought. So that's also a fact. A lot of the Nazis went to Silicon Valley, where all the tech startups are at. Of course, I'm not saying that every single tech startup that's right. it's is, not uh, everybody. is, of course, a Nazi yeah. company. But uh, you can be—I can guarantee, or I can show you. Uh, I don't have it on me right now, but I can show you some of the Nazis that went to the United States and what they did. I mean, Werner von Braun is just a very famous example because he was uh, building rockets for NASA, but there's many more. And of course, uh, there's this old, 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 old movie. It's called uh, Metropolis. And it's about how to combine, it's like, I think from the 1920s, and I think it was made in Berlin. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I, I have to look it up. I'm uh, reproducing from the top of my head. But in that movie, it's about how to merge people with the machine. And it's a very old movie. It's in black and white. And kind of like now we're at the point where you have these like mRNA vac- uh, vaccinations, which 
you know, contain all this technology from this company, BioNTech, which is just, you know, biology and technology, merging it. And it goes back to these old ideas of these uh, yeah, technocratic uh, Nazis who wanted to have this perfect surveillance state for themselves uh, so that they can surveil everything. And they tried to really get it going and build it. And uh, they did a lot of experiments in concentration camps uh, in Auschwitz, for example, That's in right. order to figure yeah. out how can we actually do this. And then, of course, uh, they lost the war. So they had to, you know, disappear. Well, all that experiments. Else. Yeah. All those experiments came to here, or most of them. And they used a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. And then you get in the United States, you have the CIA with uh, MK Ultra, you have the CIA with. Uh, Various other experiments also, uh, you know, um, knowingly, uh, I think that wasn't uh, done by the CIA, but they knowingly infected people with syphilis as well. So it's like they, they do a lot of weird stuff. And um, this, this, yeah, this weird research that Germans are capable of is really uh, something to, to behold. I mean, it's, it, it's going both ways, of course course uh, i have to say here because uh, there's a lot of german inventions that are totally amazing like for example that's the right yeah or uh yeah. faber process which is how we all eat food today but it's like as amazing as some of the stuff that we've invented we also invented like terrible 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 things um to well to i think it's engineers and scientists have you know it's a double-edged sword but the, i think the interesting thing is that and you can probably see this with your psychology background they don't realize that they're Nazis. I mean, they they would totally reject the idea of being a Nazi, most of these people, but the ideas are the same. The practices, the patterns, everything that they're doing is what the Nazis did, but then they have no cognitive ability to connect it to this is, you guys are just acting like the Nazis did. Uh, uh, uh. It's because they are swimming in their own pond. I mean, I really noticed that when I was uh, working for the government that there's like, they're in their bubble, uh, and it's very hard for them to get access to information that would make other people go like, yeah, I'm not going to try this out. And to them, it's they're not even possible to conceive that that is a reasonable position. So when I said, for example, have you looked at hydroxychloroquine, which I did when I was working for the government, um, because there's this there exper series of experiments that seems to suggest that it can actually work against, uh, yeah, they did, against uh, yeah. COVID. They and did they phase say, three no. trials. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. I mean, they just... went through all the trials. They did it very, prof the Kalker Institute, they did it very professionally. They have over a hundred thousand scientists and whatever looking at it and figuring things out. But what did they say to you? They just blew it off. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, at the time it was already in the news and covered as bleach, which it isn't. No. But, uh, you know, they had so... to discredit it as fast as possible. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, also, you have to say a lot of the scientists that work there, like I'm a psychologist, right? I'm not a virologist, but I did work there. And so although I have an understanding of how to process data, and although I have an understanding of how science works, because I get trained in that, um, you know, uh, you, you can't really like, at the first glance, at, at least you would say, well, why, why would you hire this guy? Like, what does he know? But of course, I did some additional work, which kind of qualified me. But then uh, on the other hand, you like I worked with a lady there who had a PhD in filing insurance claims. Right. And so then you can also ask the question, well, but you. OK, so you wrote a dissertation on how to write a really nice system where you can file insurance claims. And of course, I understand why that woman would be needed at 
an organization like the CDC because somebody has to coordinate that, right? Uh, insurance is part of our medical system. But on the other hand, then, you know, um, what does qualify her to, you know, evaluate whether or not a medication is, uh, you know, good for COVID that's or right. not? Yeah, that's right. And they just, and you're going to use a, well, they had to though. Well, they, they couldn't take in le- realistic other treatments because then they couldn't force a vaccine on people because right. it was an experimental vaccine. And so the law is written, if there's any kind of alternative treatment that works well, or even in the ballpark of that, you got to give the, the people the treatment and that would invalidate the vaccine. So that was part of why they had to ignore these promising, very, very promising other treatments. But yeah, I want to circle back to the uh government thing the the german government really being still the third reich what did parliament say then i mean what did people say once they realized yeah it's a continuation we still operating the big part is they're still operating under the same constitution you yeah. have the same constitution no no uh, we actually now we are operating under uh grundwert at least that's what they say uh, I, I kind of doubt that because they kind of don't follow their own rules there uh, a lot of the times. But um, officially, at least, we have an interim constitution, which is called... Okay, uh, well, that's... Oh. It's called Grundgesetz. It's like a constitution, but not a constitution. And um, actually, in the Grundgesetz, it has uh, certain articles which um, lay out what we have to do in order to get back to a constitution. And we don't have a constitution at the moment. So we are actually kind of not a real country. We're more like a banana republic. And so you don't the, have a constitution. But yeah. why did the Supreme Court say we're still the Third Reich and you have the same constitution if you don't? Because we um, so we lost World War II and we got occupied. And then the, the, the allies, they kind of dictated um, a set of, of policies. And the set of policies was like, okay, um, and it, that also ties back into the Hague Treaty, because uh, in the Hague Treaty, for example, it says, if you get occupied, you are supposed to try to uphold the, the rules of the land that are there and the customs and the culture. And the, the occupying party is supposed to do their best to, to, to maintain that. But uh, then there's some extra, uh, you know, stipulations that they put in to benefit themselves. Like, for example, the occupying party can uh, build bases and, you know, the, the population that is occupied has to pay for these bases. And so you can see how how that all comes from these old treaties from 100 years ago or 120 years ago. And um, what they kind of did is, is they, they, they made these interim rules and then they never completed the step of actually giving us back our constitution. And that's why we are still kind of the the, 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 the Reich, because we lost the war and we were kind of occupied. But the process where we get back to a constitution for Germany, that, that is the last step. And they just never do it. They just, they just uh, pretend they've done it. And they say, oh, but we are already reunified. But not really, because uh, we still don't have a constitution. And so as long as we don't have a constitution, we are not a new country. And as long as we're not a new country, we don't have our sovereignty. And uh, so... Well, then when you go to court and stuff, what rules you... Because like in the United States, we have a constitution. And we have to... The Supreme Court upholds the constitution, makes sure that Congress any law they pass supposedly, I mean, this is how it's supposed to work. You know, I mean, I don't know. 
it, we all know that it's really corrupt, but it's supposed to be that the justice system makes sure that everything, especially the Supreme Court, makes sure that the laws of the land match to the Constitution. Congress cannot pass a law that doesn't you know, fit the Constitution. They have to ratify or change the Constitution in order to do something like that. So how do you, as a justice system, as a Supreme Court, how do they operate without a constitution? Yeah. Do they go back to the Third Reich's constitution or are these these? No, they did, did actually draft a document in the 1950s where they lay that out and they set some rules there. And um, then we. So isn't both. that. Yeah. Okay, and go ahead. and it, 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 so there is rules, um, but these rules are. There's some very specific things that are kind of weird about it. So, for example, in, in, in Germany, what you're supposed to have is you're supposed to have an area where your laws apply. And you're also supposed to have rules for uh, national and federal courts. But in Germany, those don't exist because uh, there's an article that uh, was dropped um, by the allies, which kind of sets the rules for the courts. And um, also this rule prohibits uh, any commercial courts on German grounds, and they have to be national and federal courts and bound to national and federal law. But since we don't have that, um, because they dropped the article, we actually, I think, operate under commercial courts uh, completely and entirely. And uh, those, I think, are regulated by uh, by Schaeff, which is, uh, you know, agreement between the allies and, and, and Germany. And they well, are actually sense. the highest authority here. And so well, if you have commercial, if you have commercial courts, that makes sense, because that's what a lot of what we're running under. That's what a lot of people say the bar organization is, is we're running everything as commercial courts mm -hmm. instead of common law. But OK, so let's get back a little bit to that. If you aren't how do you come how did they come to the conclusion though that it's still the third reich if you're not using the constitution that was existed then what specifics does german have that germany follows that would make people think that it's still the third reich i mean because it seems like you're running off of that 1950s document with the rules mm -hmm. you're occupied by a by us still the united mm -hmm. states i don't know if i say us cuz i don't not part of it but i'm a citizen i guess yeah. and you um you have those other principles that you came up with. What does the Third Reich have anything to do with it if those are the other real the realities of it? Where does the Third Reich come in? So, okay, so remember when I said earlier that, for example, Prescott Bush was investing in Germany and that uh, Henry Ford was helping build uh, Hitler Cars Force Army and they used them to actually uh, attack Poland. Uh, well, so Henry Ford used to work together with a guy called Konrad Adenauer, and he was our first chancellor after after the war. And so I can tie him to Prescott Bush. I can tie him to Henry Ford. I know they uh, built the Ford Werk in, in, in Cologne. And uh, well, then we had the war and then the war was over. And then that guy just managed to be the, the first chancellor. And he was kind of not voted, but more or less semi-appointed by the allies so and we talked about yep. like families and people with money yep. buying their influence and so i i can see that they bought bought him maybe yeah conrad uh, adenauer um i mean and so they they have their ways to to get what they want and to to manage us how they want and a, a thing that i should clarify is is that so um 
what we have right now is kind of considered to be the predecessor of the Reich, but legally it's it's not because it's kind of still the same thing. I'm I'm not a judge, of course, but I can only say uh, you know what 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 the Supreme Court judges said, and I, I I don't exactly understand the reason for why they say it, but that is what they said. That's just the quote I took from the, the government uh, website, and I can send you, of course, send the it to me because I want to put it up here. Yeah. If you have a, a newspaper, it was going to be in Germany, but if we have anything in English, well, I can show people the Supreme Court of Germany says that the Third Reich is still yeah, existing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they still are. That's yeah. what Germany still is. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. And so, but what was the response of the oh, parliament then when they heard that? They just <laughs> they silence crickets? <laughs> crickets yeah it's crickets because they're embarrassed they don't want anything to do with that yeah no they're like that's funny they're trying to suppress it um as much as they can and they can just they do the usual stuff everybody who disagrees (laughs) with like oh my everybody runs from that and all of that yeah it's like it's it's just trying to discredit uh any criticism about what they are doing and a lot of the stuff that they're doing is just absolutely terribly managed garbage and so uh, i mean just the covid vaccines i mean they managed to lose two billion dollars which they gave to people because they didn't do any oh. check, checks on anything they just said oh we're yeah, going to no. give you money to sell covid is yeah uh, but, uh, well yeah. the thing is they can't they they cannot look at themselves in the mirror and say we no. are are very much like the nazis were that we are technocrats we don't even know what technocracy is. We yeah. just follow the way we think things should go. And okay, fine. But that's technocracy. <laughs> what your actions are is what the Nazis also believed. And in a, in a big part, and they can't allow themselves to see that because not we've, we've done a good job. The propaganda has done a good job to show that Hitler was, was the worst thing has ever walked on the planet right i mean it's like wow he's like the worst guy ever and so nobody ever wants to associate with being a nazi and and so they will not allow that to ever happen but they didn't realize that pushing these vaccines down the throat of all these people and and essentially mass murder was how is that different from what happened in in nazi germany with the concentration camps you just did it through a you were just maybe you were manipulated because you weren't smart enough to understand what was going on but you forced this on people you you told people that they they're going to lose their job they can't go to school all these things unless they do an experimental treatment that killed a lot of people and we have millions millions and millions around the world now who are damaged from it Mm -hmm. they did that they did that and they need to own up to it and um, I don't know if they will, but we won't heal as a country and a world until they own up to it. And we realize that this wasn't much different, that the trauma and the death is probably more. The trauma and the death is more with COVID than it was with Nazi Germany. Yeah, at least uh, today. I mean, most people who went through that, of course, are by now, uh, you know, uh, dead. So, but yeah, I mean, the the the... the the, they took the psychological aspect of trying to destroy people to a whole new level. I mean, I don't think that was going on during World War Two. Yeah, that was just a physical standard war. But uh, with this COVID campaign, it was more like cognitive warfare, really trying to get people 
to uh, turn on each other, trying to get them to comply with all kinds of nonsensical bullshit, basically. I mean, scientifically, you can't even corroborate the use of masks. No. And it's so well, funny. masks. Yeah. They had 100 years of, of, of um, science and research and studies showing masks, masks were not the appropriate route to do with the pandemic. It doesn't work. Well, they knew it didn't work. They had study after study. They had so much. And then suddenly... There's yeah. we're God that God's bless us. In March 2020, there's new research. Everything you guys were all idiots for the last hundred years, and we are so much more advanced. We got new research, and and these people believed it. Yeah, it's <laughs> so that's why I'm saying they they weren't that smart. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me at, at all on on any dimension. And yeah, this is also what I meant with this academic stuff earlier. It's like, yeah, so there's, they, the academics aren't free, right? They're they are bound to the funding that they can get. And the government basically, I, I don't think the government would have given you money to fund research that is denying their agenda. And so uh, like one of the professors I used to study under, he wrote a lot of uh, COVID-19 policy about vaccine resistance and how only conspiracy theorists are, you know, of course, vaccine resistance, because of course it's completely safe. It hasn't been tested, but it's still safe nonetheless. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I didn't pursue a PhD there, to be honest, because I would have gone insane uh if i had to work yeah, in that environment yeah. um but yeah i mean here also at the universities they locked everything down and you couldn't get in without a you know chin diaper i call them chin diapers because that's basically what they are and they uh, don't uh, help you at all and everybody knew that until 2020 and then suddenly whoop, yeah we completely changed our mind because now there's money into not having that opinion and yeah i think that's i don't think it was just money it wasn't. No, just it wasn't money. just money. It was also the fear. As a psychology, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as a psychologist, you know the trauma that causes and what it did to a society. And also this I mean, uh, group pressure. They studied this very well. The, right. the Nazis really studied how you can use peer pressure to manipulate people. That's right. And I think that's also what they're doing. I mean, that's why the Democrats and the, pretended to wear masks for the cameras. And then as soon as the cameras were off, they put them down again the masks which just shows you that they all know what i know which is that it is bullshit but for the cameras they will still try to guilt trip you into wearing the masks and make it look like they're complying all the time and you know make it look like it's really important and you're doing the right thing and all of that stuff and they Total like little hypocrites yeah but, but, but you know what i gotta but i gotta tell you with this many damaged people i just did a show showing well about 30 to 50 million americans are I probably have some kind of side effects. That's what they, the estimates are from mm. people in the field, in the industry, nurses, you know, nurse mm. practitioner was mm. the one that came up with this estimate based on just what she's, you know, ex all the research she's been doing. And, um, but of that, there's maybe 10% of those understand and they're suffering, but that's still millions of people. Just Americans are suffering with injuries. And these people are still claiming that it's safe and effective and telling you to go get your boosters when there's millions of people suffering. And I mean, so what is something's mentally off with these people as a psychologist, what's mentally wrong with these people that there could be millions of people suffering and they still want to force these things on us. What's what's wrong with these people? Yeah, well, it depends on whom you're talking about. I mean, like the people who have suffered at the hands of these people and are still 
trying to get along or go along with that, those I would say have like Stockholm syndrome. And um, well, with the with the leaders, I guess you could, you know, um, say they're greedy and evil. But what exactly is wrong with them? I have no idea. Maybe they're traumatized themselves. Uh, completely narcissistic and psychotic um, in some instances at least uh, sociopath there's a lot of them uh, that just keep lying and lying and lying and lying and lying it doesn't matter to them yeah it's for them it's just like okay i'm, I'm here i gotta say what i have to say to get what i want and that's it yeah, it's, it doesn't go deeper than that and so um I, I would say these people don't have a lot of empathy and then of course you have some people who are not only sociopathic but psychotic actually so they actually don't care that they uh, kill people as long as they get what they want, which maybe whatever, uh, you know, a chance to become president of the United States or a chance to become very rich or, or, or yeah. And then for the rest, for the all everybody in between, it's just like, well, uh, emotions are very powerful motivators. And when you use negative emotions, they're usually um, in the short term, at least the better motivator. So fear is actually an amazing uh, thing that can give you a lot of motivation to do something like running away and it's a super super strong feeling but it's usually uh, something that happens in the short term and doesn't go on over long periods of time because it's just a mechanism that's supposed to get you into safety and that is of course always what they try to exploit so they always try to get people afraid um, that gets that pushes them down um, on a consciousness level that makes them less likely to think about what's actually going on and makes them more likely to react to whatever's going on and then in a way that is fearful so which will you know perpetuate the cycle of trying to get away from something and not really processing it intellectually or, or, or consciously uh, and so i think a lot of this uh, is just based on this media propaganda that is being put out there. And of course, there with the media reporting, every media institution in the US violated the Food and Drug Administration's guidelines because they say you never are supposed to um, report uh, relative risk. Uh, but that's what they're reporting, which is how they arrived at the 95% uh, COVID case reduction, even though when you look at the Pfizer trial, it was 3.7%. Yeah. yeah, and so, um, yeah, they are... It's all wrong, right? Okay, so yeah. let me ask you, after Germany fell and people had to come to grips with um, the concentration camps, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that say there really wasn't this all these concentration camps, it really wasn't what we thought it was. Okay, there were concentration camps. No matter what you say, there were concentration camps, okay? Yep. And it might, we the argument of how many people died in them, okay, I, I'll, that, that could be true, but there were. So yeah. now what happened in germany when people had to come to grips with the reality of what because my understanding is a lot of germans didn't believe that they were even concentration camps at all and that they had to be taught that what what happened because that's kind of what we're in where we have this huge although i think it's more obvious COVID has to be more obvious because so many suffering people but there's huge groups of people that just do not believe they truly believe this was for everybody's good how did you in germany how did you get people to understand that this was mass murder guys mm -hmm. yeah so i think um well, the, the Nazis, they were really smart about how they were doing it, right? So, for example, they didn't really build the big camps in Germany. They built them in Poland, which was nice and far away. So out of people's view, Auschwitz was not in, in Germany. It was in Poland. Um, 
and they kind of tried to create distance. And then they were very selective about the groups and how they pick them off. So they didn't start with like, um, you know, putting all the Jews away. I mean, they started with like, they, they fabricated very legitimate reasons to start to build some prisons, which later turned into concentration camps. So for example, one of the things is Reichstag fire, where they uh, kind of like took a mentally insane person, um, you know, uh, and said, hey, this guy's a communist and he set the fire to our parliament building. Uh, now we must get rid of all communists. So let's put them in prison because they're dangerous people. They set fire to the capital. Come on, you know, we have to put them away. And that, of course, is kind of reminding me of uh, this uh, January 6th uh, incident that's going on like because that. that seems to be yeah. a little bit similar, right? And, and and then they put these people in prison and they never charged them and they just let them stay there. And then um, it kind of escalated from there, but, but very, very slowly. And um, what they then did is they, they moved these prisons, uh, they moved the population from these prisons somewhere over the border, so to Poland or to Czechoslovakia or further away. And that's where they then processed the, the, the prisoners. And I mean, what's a, what's a comparable situation? I mean, if you are in Australia right now, which is also a country which has a crazy uh, COVID uh, lockdown policies, uh, they built them, uh, the, the, the COVID camps, of course, they're not concentration camps, they're COVID camps, and they built them somewhere in the outback and nobody sees them. And so it's like, if you're the average Australian citizen, where are you going to see it? Yeah, You're not going to see it on TV, they're not going to show you, and you're not going to drive by that camp randomly because most of the population is in Sydney and, you know, and so when are they going to see it? And it's going to take a long time for this to 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 see through i think and in germany after the war there were a lot of people who didn't believe it at all of course but um you know they got shown a video proof of these camps existing and i know that there's a lot of different op differing opinions on these camps like some people for example say they were built to uh, to create hygiene in the population they were built also as a medical intervention because of course a lot of uh, nazi propaganda was built on jews actually spreading disease right and so well the jews spread the disease so you put them into this nice little health camp and then they get their treatment there and uh, you know it's gonna be all right and so and half of them or 30, 75% of them die and yeah, 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 yeah. it wasn't a good health treatment center. No, it, it, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. And, and so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really, 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 I think difficult for the average person to, to actually think on, on the scale that these people think it's like, like what Hitler said, he said, uh, you know, make the lie big, repeat it often. And if you make the lie big enough, uh, nobody's going to comprehend that they're being lied to because it's just so big. Nobody can actually imagine That's right. that it's all bullshit, just but it is. And you keep saying it over and over again, and then they can't, they just can't imagine it. So did the majority of Germans ever come to grips with this really happened? Or do you think that many, most people in Germany are still not able to accept it? Well, I think uh, today Germans are really uh, accepting of it. But what is frustrating me is, is that we actually, we should have known this better. And then we stepped into this again. The same trap. Right? It's just like seriously. We did the same thing. Yeah, it's like, couldn't you see it coming? That was kind of my 
opinion about that because I already like for, for me it was like in 2020 when they started to talk about this COVID I was like oh my god here we go it's gonna be the next uh, you know uh, fantastic thing that the government has uh, just as fantastic as the as the war on terror which was just a brilliant political thing it's just nobody could have done anything better than that uh, and 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 now yeah now they're kind of getting us into this new phase of their little dumb game and the last 20 years was devoted to fighting terrorism which worked out fantastically of course and um now i guess the next two decades are gonna be the fight on disease but i'm like mm, let's maybe not do that yeah let's just get back to more more freedom yeah, more uh, letting people do what they want to do uh, you know, less starting wars everywhere, maybe, because uh, the last 20 years, how many wars did our side start? I mean, it's kind of funny how we are always always at war and always in different countries, but always defending ourselves at, at the same time. It's just like offensively defending in Afghanistan or in Iraq or in Libya yeah, or in Syria yeah. or in Yemen or in, you know, uh, many places. And most recently, we are, of course, defending ourselves in Ukraine. Um, but I'm like, yeah, you know, these people, uh, they don't have your best interest in mind. You know, we need to not fund what they want and we need to build systems and design systems, which make it harder for them to That's right. fight all of this, uh, this crap, what they're doing. Let's, let's get, let's just come, let's understand that this is what's going on and say, we're, we're not going to be part of this and move on and do something better for us. But okay, so how do people learn more about you? And do you have a website or anything they can uh, learn more about what you do? Yeah, I I'm recently made a website. It's called mariuslöden.com or mariuslöden.com. So in, in German, my name is spelled with a Ö, which is a letter, like an O with two dots on it. But uh, for the website, I, 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 I just put Loden. So M-R- m-a-r-i-u-s-l-o-h-d-e-n.com and i'm going to um you know publish articles there about interesting stuff that i find and uh, that relates to geopolitics or to COVID or to many different topics i actually look into a lot of different stuff and i'm also planning to build a community there uh, with a forum like sort of a social network where people can talk to each other and engage with uh, each other um when they want to discuss uh, topics that usually aren't uh, discussed that often on the mainstream. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, thank you so much. I really, this was a very fascinating discussion. We need to have more of these type of discussions where people learn, thank you, you know, what, you know, what's going on and what other people think. And we need to understand what, what others think in those countries, you know, knowing that there's uh, groups of people, you know, conspiracy theories usually have a nugget of truth in there. And what's the truth? What is people getting being grandiose about it? And let's figure it all out. But we shouldn't shut down and suppress these conversations because that's how we learn and how we grow. So I appreciate and thank you so much for for being here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, it was really nice to talk to you. And um, yeah, maybe we can do this again uh, if I find something interesting. Uh, and uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm uh, happy to have people visit my website and uh, engage with them there directly. Um, yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, there's a contact form, so you can send me an email. Yeah, and okay. that's Thank it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. 